you right now are being poisoned. Did I get your attention? Good, because it's true. And while you might assume that I'm talking about your gamer juice you're guzzling while wearing your thigh highs and typing away your RGB keyboard, I'm not. It's actually your keyboard. It's the cup you're drinking out of, your chair, your headset, your PC, and yes, even those thigh highs. In fact, it's probably all over your house. And what is it? Plastic. Plastic has been a massive issue for decades, and we've recently been making massive discoveries that have been yet another generation poisoned by the Industrial Revolution. So let's talk all about the plague of plastic on this episode of Why Aren't You Talking About This? Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 21 of Wait At. Uh, today we're traveling across the horrifying world of plastic as I have an absolute mental breakdown about how much my life is consumed by it. Anyways, thank you for listening to the show. It means the world to me to have my show floating around in your veins like the microplastics that are also floating around in there. Uh, I'd say to get that checked, but I mean, there's not really anything you can do about it. Is that a bummer? Yes. Yes, it is. Anyways, uh, we just had episode 20, and I, I realized I was advertising it way too early when I record that episode. Uh, so in an effort to stop doing that, uh, start sending in suggestions for episode 40 starting now. I ain't kidding. But if you really want to, go right ahead. Also remember to share the show, download, like, comment, subscribe to the feed, as well as on YouTube, because I have started re-uploading some episodes up there as well. And uh, I'll be posting three episodes at a time until I'm caught up, which is going to take a little bit, but yeah. Um, also, uh, I have posted the first episode of Fireside Chat with Waytat, uh, where I talk about the place of uh, nerddom. Um, so... Go ahead and check that out, and if you already have, thank you so much. Alright, and with that, we're on to the show. Alright, so we're talking about plastic and forever chemicals today. Which, let me give you fair warning, holy shit, you're never going to be the same after learning about this. The entire world is going to be a lot more terrifying for a while after hearing about this. Uh... I'm not entirely sure that it will ever stop being terrifying. I'm still in the period where it's all scary. Uh, but without warning, uh, let's start with some definitions. So first is the definition of a forever chemical. So while that's a name you'll see sometimes, most of the time now you see it referred to as PFAS or PFAS, which stands for pure per fluoroalkali or polyfluoroalkali substances. Uh, and these are used for waterproofing, grease resistance, and non-stick surfaces. Uh, these are exceptionally common, and in basically everything that's grease, water, or stick resistant. And while there's been some quote-unquote efforts to change the chemicals being used, largely the companies using them have just been using different formulations of basically the exact same thing. Except sometimes they accidentally, on purpose, make it more toxic. Uh, it, it's kind of like that local Mexican food place you've probably eaten at that gets shut down by the health inspector every couple of months and then comes back from a long weekend with a new name, but all the same employees in the exact same venue. And, I mean, if you don't have that experience, I'm pretty sure you're not from the West Coast. 
Um, but why do these chemicals keep changing? Well, I mean, because one, they're almost entirely indestructible. And I don't mean indestructible like the love you have for your anime body pillow, nor do I mean indestructible like the truth of the phrase that 2020 is going to be my year spoken on December 31st, 2019. What I mean is that this shit almost doesn't break down at all. It doesn't react to much, and the molecular bonds are extremely strong, meaning it'll just fucking take what you give it and keep going. And secondly, these things are insanely toxic. Like, parts per quadrillion toxic. You know how usually we measure the toxicity of substances in parts per million? Well, this is two orders of magnitude more toxic. Which is not like Twitter levels of toxic. We're talking like hentai site comment sections levels of toxic. And yes, I know they want it called X now, but Elon Musk can suck my dick and spit. And why are these such a problem? Well, because they can cause things including kidney and testicle cancer, hormone imbalances, liver and thyroid disease, reproductive damage, and can really fuck up your baby worse than your shit parenting will. Oh, and also reduces the effectiveness of vaccines. And yes, you probably already have some floating around your bloodstream, and yes, it's going to outlive you. Holy fuck. Okay, but moving on from the horror of PFAS, we have another horrifying thing. Plastic. But by the dictionary, uh, plastics are polymers that are capable of being molded and shaped with heat and or pressure and are generally low density, have low electric conductivity, are tough, can be made colored or transparent easily as well. Um, and there's a lot of categories of plastics and type of plastic, but there are two major groups, uh, those being thermoplastics and thermosets. A thermoplastic is a form of plastic that can be formed and reformed over and over again without too much of an issue, and that would include things like polyethylene and polystyrene. Uh, polyethylene is used for cling wrap, shopping bags, fuel tanks, and detergent bottle and detergent bottles, and basically anything else that you want to put shit in that won't react very much to the stuff you're stuffing it with. You know, like nutting inside of someone who's had a hysterectomy. Or in someone's ass. Anyways, while something like polystyrene, more commonly known as styrofoam, is a good insulator and lightweight. Uh, just like your sister. Anyways, thermosets are much stronger bonds and can't be reprocessed and reformed. This would include plastics like epoxy, silicone, and polyurethane. And this means you can recycle thermoplastics but not thermosets. Now, why are these so dangerous? But looking at it from the largest perspective down to the smallest, the biggest danger plastic presents is that it doesn't break down. Now, this might not seem too bad, but think for a second, you absolute chuckle fuck. This causes trash to just build up and slowly get eroded, essentially increasing its damage over time on the environment. And yes, I did just reference gaming, but you gotta get through to these fucking mouth breathers somehow. Or... It'll somehow get wrapped around the legs of a deer or into a sea turtle's nose and foobar them faster than I can foobar your entire bloodline with a pair of nail clippers and an unlocked bedroom window. But when we get on the smaller scale, plastics are usually made of, of toxic elements or have toxic elements as part of their polymer, which means that pieces that are small enough are essentially little nuggets of poison. And while the stomach acid of most animals can break it down eventually, it takes a long time. Which causes sometimes up to years of suffering as the animal's body slowly absorbs poison. And during that time, the plastic isn't getting shoved through their stomach's finger, and, man, I should call him, uh, fast enough to get hungry. So they're actively starving to death without any idea why, because their brain isn't releasing the eat-please chemicals because their stomach is full. And getting even smaller, we have microplastics. And these are extremely small pieces of plastic less than 5 millimeters across that are either created intentionally for, for abrasion products, like face scrubs or detergents, or are caused when plastic decays. 
and these little pieces of shit do two things very well. Stick around and collect chemicals. And these crackheads of the chemistry world can jump from host to host as they get eaten. Meaning a fish could eat a piece of microplastic, get eaten by another fish, then another, and another before getting swallowed by a pelican that then gets vored by a sea lion, which then gets his ass eaten by an orca, and then poachers in the Pacific Ocean drag them up and cut them into pieces and sell them to dog food companies, which you then eat as a joke at a frat party in 2019, and now you have microplastics in your system. And what do they do? Well, I mean, not much. Just uh, clog your bloodstream, collecting your thyroid, cause cancer, act as a safe port for any number of unimaginably toxic chemicals you happen to butt chug, cause ulcers, or pass the blood-brain barrier and clog your neurotransmitter holes. You know, a fucking Tuesday in the United States of goddamn America. And here's the deal. It's already too late. You are fucking full of them. So am I. So is your mom. And your anime body pillow. That might be the worst one. But holy fuck. (laughs) Okay. Okay, so these are really bad news. So why do we still use them? Well, for PFAS, we don't. Kinda. I mean, like I said before, we keep reinventing new compounds that corporations are like, see, it's like PFAS, but it's not toxic. And then they have to make an apology video a few weeks later, like whatever YouTuber decided to pull out the beaten horse bucket. You know, like, was it right now Sniper Wolf? And what was the last one? What was the one before? I don't remember the uh, last YouTuber that had to make an apology before Sniper Wolf. Uh, anyways, uh, but they're still used really heavily in clothing, furniture, industry, and basically anything else you can think of that needs to be immune to liquids. Again, like, oh, one with a hysterectomy. But why? Well, because, yes, they're incredibly toxic and dangerous. We also haven't figured out literally anything else that works nearly as well as PFAS does for its purpose. And since we've stopped using it in food packaging and preparation equipment, for the most part, uh, there's less impetus to actually do anything about it because companies can just, uh, you know, not say their stuff has it. Most people don't really know that the waterproof clothes they're wearing are coated in dick shrinking, cancer causing, baby batter DNA scrambling chemicals. And what about for plastics? Well, it's because plastic is incredibly useful, very cheap, and also very easy to make. I mean, sure, we've been experimenting with bioplastics, being basically plastic created with things like cornstarch bacteria to break down easier. The problem is that they're not as stable, and the processing is usually fairly low yield and kind of expensive. So let's talk about what plastics are most commonly used for. Uh, first, we have PET, or polyethylene terephthalate. Terif- fuck. Terror. Eh, whoo. Terephthalate. Fuck you. I'm not saying these anymore. Uh, and this plastic is highly resistant to impact, chemicals, and weather, and is also a great gas and water barrier, meaning it gets used really often for dildos. Nah, in actuality, they're mostly used for drinking in storage bottles, packing trays, meal trays, and first aid blankets. I mean, that right there, that's a combo that's hard to replace, since you kind of have to make first aid blankets out of it, because, you know, the properties of a first aid blanket kind of require all those things together. But to have but to have something you can use as a bottle one day and then use as a microwave mostly safe dish the next... I mean, you can't do that very easily with something like glass. Next is HDPE, which, no, again, I'm not telling you the chemical names. You can go fuck yourself right in the mouth. Uh, You're just going to have to sit there and cry because I'm not going to pronounce this shit. But this plastic is incredibly dense and strong and can survive fucking outrageous temperatures melting at almost 300 degrees Fahrenheit and also safely store some very harsh chemicals. And on top of that, they're fairly easy to recycle too. And they're commonly used for cleaning solutions and soap containers, 
uh, food and drink storage, shopping and freezer bags, pipes like ones you smoke crack out of, and also like the one that I'm laying, insulation, bottle caps, fake wood, fuel tanks, and also helmets. Which, again, is a variety of things you'd have a hard time subbing other materials in for. Okay, so now we have PVC pipe. And this is a cost-effective plastic that is very resilient to both chemical and biological matter, and you can shape it really easily. I mean, like, you could shape it at home with the heat source and reckless disregard for your own well-being. And this is usually used for signage, furniture, clothing, medical containers, tubing, shit and or piss and or vomit and or cum and or blood pipes, uh, white trash flooring, white people flooring, vinyl in both the hipster and white trash ways, cable, and also water bottles. Uh, also, by the way, if you have, like, uh, cables with, like, copper wires in them, the material on the outside probably isn't rubber. That's probably PVC. Just to let you know. Um, or some other kind of plastic that's similar. Uh, rubber is more expensive than that. <laughs> uh, LDPE is a plastic that can withstand up to 212 degrees Fahrenheit, is nearly as tough as HDPE, and is entirely non-reactive at room temperatures, which makes it really common for food trays, containers, work surfaces, machine parts, lids, cartons, shells, and computer hardware casing, garbage and laundry bags, playground features, and also seagull stranglers. Oh, sorry, ring drink holders. So, again, hard to replace. Because who else is going to keep those goddamn seagulls in line? Also, like, what, you want to start replacing these things with organic materials? What are you going to make playgrounds out of that your child won't find a way to fucking annihilate their future with? Glass? Wood? Cement? Dirt? Bone? There's only so many natural materials you can put outside, and most of them are almost perfectly designed to turn your children into raw chicken. Oh, and if you don't know what a bucket of raw chicken looks like, uh, don't seek it out, but if you know, you know. I mean, like, an industrial bucket of raw chicken. That's what your child will turn into on, like, a glass playground. Alright, and finally we have polypropylene, which is a very strong and flexible plastic with high heat tolerance and is exceptionally food-safe and generally not as reactive with our bodies. And they're mostly used in clothing, surgical supplies and tools, wargaming miniatures, which, uh-huh, uh, food containers, straws, and also lunch bags. So, a lot of the things that end up in or around our mouths or in our other orifices. So, you know. You know what that's also probably used for. I might look that up, actually. After the show ends, I might look up what kind of plastic sex toys are usually made out of. Anyways, uh, let, let's also, speaking of sex toys, let's also talk about recycling. Uh, <laughs> huh. Interesting. Uh, that was off the cuff. Uh, because that'll, that, that'll come up a lot more soon. Uh, the recycling, not the sex toys. Uh, so plastic, at least thermoplastics, uh, can be recycled over and over again because the polymers can be returned to liquid, remixed, and remolded almost indefinitely, almost infinitely. But that does come with some caveats. See, because while we act like all those plastics above were their own unique thing, the truth is that those are more like categories of plastic. Because within that exact chemical compound, each use case has different needs. So different things will be added or changed to address that need. Or it will be mixed differently, prepared differently, or have different densities, or might even be used with other plastics. And all these factors means that they can't be mixed again, since mixing them would just make the entire batch useless as its properties mingle unpredictably. So in order to recycle, you have to separate plastics not only by type, but also by use. And if you're a history major... And you're going, uh-oh, chill the fuck out. This isn't all about uh, historical tragedies. Um, also, 
And also, that's why they have to be free of contaminants and impurities, as not corrupt your entire comically large pool of molten plastic with KFC chicken grease, because Oscar got a little lazy with the scrubber brush in apartment A7. Lazy fucking bastard. Fuck you, Oscar. Uh, so this means, when it arrives to the facility, you not only need to sort them, but also deep clean each piece of plastic and ensure no contamination. And if you're going, uh-oh, because you've thrown away some ghastly shit, yeah, a human being had to deep clean your weird water bottle jizz rag. Um, and what you do if it's contaminated or you can't use it for whatever reason? Yep, it goes to the landfill. But, I mean, specifically, how do we deal with, like, plastic waste in general? It can't all go to the landfill, right? Well, worldwide, 49.21% of all plastic goes to the landfill, while in the U.S., 72.88% of it goes to the landfill. Uh, 22.15% of all worldwide plastic waste is disposed of improperly, or 3.36% of the U.S. is plastic, uh, which, which basically means that it falls out of the back of a uh, garbage truck, gets shipped wrong, uh, or it's just a straight-up lazy piece of shit thrown into the river while they're wearing a government-issued yellow vest. Um, that could also include, like, not recycling things. 19.05% uh, of worldwide plastic and 19.08% of U.S. plastics are incinerated, which is... Just fucking great for the lungs. Um, only 9.29% of worldwide and 4.49% of U.S. plastic is recycled, which, I mean, really fucking goes to show you how good at that we are. Uh, and finally, overall, the total amount of waste created from littering is 0.3% of worldwide waste and 0.19% of U.S. waste. Meaning that only about 0.3% of the total waste plastic polluting the entire goddamn world is created by one of us being an asshole intentionally. Most of the waste is because the government is shit at doing things right. And that is something that's going to come up over and over again. Actually, probably this entire, the entire run of Waytat, not just this. But yeah, overall, I hope that, you know, this section shows you at least a little bit of how much of a son of a bitch these things are to address. They are dangerous, they're extreme pollutants, and they're poison. They're also incredibly useful and almost impossible to really get rid of, and are at least, in theory, reusable. But I mean, so how'd this all start? Let's go to the history section. Alright, so we might have a bit of a short one this time, because plastic has a short timeline. Beginning in ancient Egypt and around the 4th century BC, th nah, I'm fucking with you. See, plastic has technically been around for a long time, yes, even to back then, because there are technically naturally occurring things that do the same or similar jobs to plastic. I mean, that would include things like horn, tortoiseshell, amber, rubber, and shellac. Uh, because these are tough and durable materials, they're also very malleable when you heat them up, and they are very lightweight. So they've been used for millennia as something similar to plastic, just not on the same scale. Uh, I mean, that being said, let's look at artificial plastics. Beginning in the 19th century, as the Industrial Revolution has decimated the populations of animals and plants used for their plastic-like qualities, and yes, this has gotten very dark very fast, there was a massive demand for something that we could make to replicate those features. To save the animals? No. Fuck the animals. This was for us. So that we couldn't... And pull your pants up, you fucking sicko. This was so that we... I'm not asking twice. It was so that we could keep the profit margins of the ultra-rich higher than giraffe vulva and more depressing than actually getting off the NTR hentai. So inventors set to work. If I have to ask you to pull your pants up one more goddamn time, that was not a command. I wasn't telling you to fuck animals. Alright. Uh, but in 1862, Alexander Parks develops 
cellulose nitrate. And this is Artisan Cum Chemist, which I'm saying because it's funny and cum in the circumstance means two things together, not jizzy jism. Patented a new material that he called Parkacine. And this was the first compound that we would call plastic today. And then he'd later go on to invent PVC in 1872. Uh, but that wouldn't really be in common usage for about another 50 years. Uh, I I don't have any data to back this up, but uh, he might have also invented PCP. Uh, but his invention of Parkinson would lose that name in the 1920s, with its name now being Celluloid. Yep, that's celluloid. And this plastic becomes heavily used in film, as well as briefly being used for celluloid combs. But that quickly fell out of style, and these companies started making sunglasses, which you can still buy to this day. Also in the 1920s, PHB is invented by French chemist Maurice Lemon in 1926. Six years later, since the only thing that gets the UK to do shit is its mortal enemy Europe doing anything, uh, Imperial Chemical Industries in the UK invents its own plastic called Perspex. And while trying to create another form of plastic and to compete with its mortal foe a year later, they tried to combine ethylene and benzaldehyde together. But a horrible lab accident, which are words you never want to hear next to chemicals, Oxygen leaks into the vessel and bonds with the ethylene, which creates the new chemical and plastic polyethylene, which is nowadays commonly used for foam. In 1941, PET is invented by workers at Calico Printers Association and was used to replace glass, which, huh. Now, for some reason, that date feels important. Like, that year had something important happening during it. Oh, right. World War II. So, during the war, because plastic was being revolutionized, and everyone was realizing, holy fuck, this shit is tasty. Things like Teflon, nylon, and polyurethane was getting manufactured and used more than the titty mouse pads are. But what this means... But what this meant is that all these highly developed industrial processes after the war's close didn't really want to slow down, so they pivoted to essentially replace glass, metal, and wood in a ton of industries. And while they started slow, they very quickly took over. And for the world history, we're jumping forward to 1990. Uh, because there's a lot of other history in the interim, but it's basically but it's based heavily in the U.S. So in 1990, Biopole is invented which is the first practically applicable biodegradable plastic. Now, unfortunately, it didn't really take off much, but that's because it still isn't cheap. Regardless, a lot of countries and people have started to realize that plastic might be bad for you, and so we started trying to get better, including in 2002 when Bangladesh entirely bans thin plastic bags since they have a tendency to clog drains, uh, especially in floods. And by 2019, 127 out of the 192 countries in the world are doing something to address plastic bag usage, particularly through bans. So let's go over to America beginning in 1892, when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Uh, When Celluloid Manufacturing Company is founded by John Wesley Hyatt and Daniel Spill, who used to be the factory manager of Alexander Parks which feels a little bit like stealing credit from him, which, uh, a management moment. Anyways, my hatred of management and corporatism aside, this is the beginning of America's plastic obsession. And in 1907, Leo, Leo Bakeland, uh, invents the first synthetic plastic we give a shit about because fuck you, Alexander Parks, apparently. Uh, and he beat his competitor, James Swinburne by a single day. And what plastic did he invent? Drumroll please, and fuck you for the effort. Bacolite. Which, if you'd never heard of, you'd be in the majority, but it's still 
pretty commonly used today, mostly in like some like kind of niche things or like weird, weird plastics that you don't really think of. Uh, but then in the 1930s, DuPont Chemicals, an overall villain in the story of America, who's probably going to come up more on this podcast, uh, develops nylon and Teflon, with nylon quickly becoming the primary ingredient in the primary ingredient of my boners. Uh, stockings and socks. And yes, I'm just giving you that one for free. Uh, women and them boys activate the neurons. Stockings fucking fry them. Anyways, in 1942, DuPont uh, releases Teflon for the masses, the first of the PFAS, which was initially used for nonstick cookware and something that we'd later come to regret. You know, much like watching Darling in the Frogs or finding your grandpa's hentai collection. But already by the 1960s, after a period after World War II of some clout, plastic's reputation is already beginning to sour. By the end of the decade, plastic began to be fake or cheap. And in 1962, we actually began worrying about chemical pesticides. But immediately, the pots started to sweat. And then combined with a 1969 oil spill and the fucking... I should have looked up how to pronounce this. You know what? No, fuck you, uh, Ohio. I'm not going to learn how to pronounce your stupid fucking river. The Cahoga uh, River catching on goddamn fucking fire. Uh, people began to become a lot more concerned about pollution and plastic especially. Because uh, it was everywhere. And after that, every plastic company started to really, really sweat. I mean, at least until they looked behind them at their Scrooge McDuck pile of money and remember that lobbying was a thing. By the 1980s, the plastic industry actually does something kind of good. They start pushing for plastic recycling. Which, hey, again, that's good. That's a win-win-win. Uh, because it reduces pollution on the planet, saves them money, gets the government and the public off their fucking back, and also helps us by not killing the place that we live. So how do they do that? Well, they told the government to make trash collection agencies collect recyclables and reprocess them. I mean... Look, it, it makes sense, but also, like, holy fuck, that really looks like just shirking off your responsibilities if I've ever seen it. But by 1998, the EPA learns finally of the health risks around PFAS. Oh, and also remember those beads of sweat on DuPont's forehead? Well, it's because in 2001, along with dumping Teflon in the West Virginian drinking water, which surprisingly actually made, actually made it less toxic, and poisoning a fuck ton of people, uh, they had also known that PFAS were, were toxic since the early 1960s, and they never told anyone. And what was the punishment? A slap on the wrist, mostly. See, the EPA is largely toothless with this shit and are consistently late to the party. Uh, luckily, over the years, a ton of places in the U.S. have done their part, uh, including banning PFAS, uh, and also with like places like California being the first place to ban plastic bags in 2014, and other states have since followed their lead, or at least in uh, charging for plastic bags. And uh, with that, let's actually hop out of the time pool. Okay, so we are now in the current day, and we're going to go over the issues. So, beginning at probably the biggest concern is the pollution caused by plastics and PFAS. And, like we said earlier, these things really don't break down the environment and are toxic as shit. And even when they do decay, things like microplastics and, you know, very easy to seep into your body chemicals are created. As of 2019, 22 million tons, and that's metric tons, leaked into the environment. Um, also, as far as we've been able to measure, 80% of all marine pollution is plastic, and 8 to 10 goddamn tons of plastic ends up in the ocean every year, which is uh, 45% of all plastic pollution produced yearly. This also means that by 2050, there will be more plastic than fish in the sea. Now think about that. Fish doesn't just mean, like, the goldfish you flushed down the toilet that scarred you for life and turned you to a bitter asshole. It means sharks, rays, and massive fucking fish like the sunfish, too. Uh, 
doesn't include whales. Whales and mammals. But do you understand how fucking massive that is? Just floating in the ocean. That much plastic. And and that's not even that far away. That is, uh... That's what, uh... 27 years away? And as of 2010, each person in the U.S. produces 0.34 kilograms, or three-quarters of a pound, of plastic waste. Or... 112,846,000 kilograms of plastic per year for the entire population, or 112,846 tons. Which, hey, that sounds like a lot, right? Well, that's only about 0.43% of worldwide plastic waste, and also, normal people don't actually produce a ton of waste, Then the most common source is industry. Uh, with the lowest pollution is marine coatings, so like plastic coatings on boats, at four hundred at five hundred and forty one thousand tons per year. So already blown out of the water, more than uh, five times. Uh, road making produces six hundred eighty two thousand tons. Industrial machinery produces two point six eight million tons of waste per year. Electronics produces 17.31 million tons. Uh, textiles produces 43.88 million tons. Consumer products sits at 46.66. Transportation is at 62.17. Uh, small industries collectively are responsible for 66.32 million tons. Building and construction at 76.89. And the Big Daddy, big boy of pollution is plastic packaging, doubling building and construction pollution at 142.6 million tons of waste a year. Holy fucking shit. Okay. So, that's a huge problem, but what? It, what's another one? Well... There's no laws requiring manufacturers to report PFAS in their products. Oh, and also river dumping is still legal in most parts of the U.S. and some parts of the world. And here's the deal. Once soil or water is contaminated, that's it. It's going to stick around for basically forever, which means it'll pollute food and also drinking water eventually. Oh, and also there's more holes in the laws preventing microplastic dumping than there is a piece of Swiss cheese knitted by your arthritic grandma in the most disgusting sweater humanity's ever seen. Meaning most places that produce microplastics can just yeet it into the nearest river that children play in, and the government gives them the double thumbs up of approval. But it possibly be. Yeah, you know, it's not like the 75% of urban areas and 25% of rural areas, or you know, 45% of all drinking water, has PFAS contamination, and 77% of Americans have microplastics in their body. Which means that roughly 200 million Americans have PFAS in their body, and 255 million Americans have microplastics in their body. Meaning, yes, probably you and me have some. Kind of like jizz. If you got, if you've, uh, if you've been outside in the last 18 hours, you probably have someone else's cum on your hands. And moving from those two horrific facts to another. If you think you're safe because you've only ever drank quadruple distilled, boiled, electrolyzed, and chemical-treated pure drinking water served from home-blown glass jugs, then you'd be wrong. Because the highest exposure for Americans are from things like nonstick cookware, cardboard and paper food wrappers, stain-resistant furniture and carpets, clothes that are stained or water-repellent or resistant, and any kind of personal care product or cosmetic that's water or grease-resistant. Which means if you've been, I don't know, an American for the last four fucking decades, guess what? You're probably contaminated. Also, if you've ever touched plastic, interacted with rotted pieces of plastic, been around anything worn down by the environment or chemicals that's made of plastic, or if you've been in public since 1964, you've probably had microplastics because it's impossible to avoid. Also, these things are impossible to get out of your body. And just to remind you, these things can piggyback other toxic chemicals, cause cancer, block neuroreceptors, cause hormone imbalances, toxify your organs, or clog organs and blood vessels, 
in high enough amounts. And the government doesn't seem to want to do shit about it. If you look around your bedroom right fucking now, then you'll see at least a million things made of plastic that you have no real control over being made out of plastic by companies that by and large are dumping millions of tons of waste in the environment and further poisoning you. While the EPA and a ton of nonprofits look at you and tell you, stop littering, you fucking bitch. And my fucking God, I am unimaginably paranoid now and everything is out to poison me. Okay, okay, okay. For my own sanity, I need to pivot. So let's go over and talk about the solutions and some dirty American opinions. Okay, and actually I'm going to edge your anxiety a little bit longer. Like I've been doing for years with my own anxiety about everything. Is that healthy? Nope. Am I going to stop or spare you? Nope. Alright, let's talk about some of these filthy fucking American opinions. So, first things first, let's talk about the core and key factors people are concerned about. So, the biggest concern is the impact of plastic on the environment, even over other forms of pollution like greenhouse gases. 16% of Americans say that's a top priority for the federal government to fix, putting it in the top five of all possible things to fix in the United States of America. And uh, this would be, what, 20 episodes of shit we could possibly address, and most Americans put this higher than all other forms of pollution, K-12 education, and the national goddamn debt. The second is that Americans know plastic has a negative impact on the environment, especially in the oceans. Third, people want to do more to help, but they feel like they can't because there's no non-pollutant choices, nor will their choices ultimately make an impact. And partially because of this, about 11% of all Americans don't recycle, and 33% don't recycle religiously. So we do also need to address that people don't try because it feels hopeless, which, you know, it's a vicious cycle and also very American. Fourth, Americans believe that everyone has a responsibility to reduce waste, but it's not equal. Two-thirds of Americans believe we all... Two-thirds of Americans believe we all have a responsibility to re- to address our plastic waste, but businesses and corporations cause the most harm, which is supported by our own research here, and they should be the ones to pay for the bill. And they should be the one to foot the bill for it. And finally, there is support from the public for action to be taken. And these five things are all things we need to keep in mind going through both these opinions and the solutions. We all know it's happening, why it's happening, and why it's a problem. But we feel hopeless for the exact same reason, because, let's be real, we're all Americans, and we've seen this song and dance before. So, let's begin. Uh, 23% of all Americans want something to be done about plastic pollution by the government. Like, they want Daddy Sam to step in and actually give a fuck for once that isn't fucking us right in the asshole. Uh, About three-quarters of all Americans want to recycle more, but recognize that isn't all that needs to change, because 78% want reusable plastics to be used more often by companies and in in packaging, and 75% of Americans want companies to reduce their use of plastics to the bare minimum amount. You know, like not stuffing every single box that contains electronics with about double the object's weight in plastic would be very fucking nice. Uh, both for the environment, as someone who gives a shit about the environment, because holy fuck do I think we've been poisoning the world for too long, but also for my own goddamn convenience. What I really don't want is to receive an electronic in the mail, or pick up like a new phone charger, and then have to remove it from the cardboard box to be confronted with more plastic than is in like the average supermodel's body. That was a little misogynistic, but it gets the point across. And then have, like, a good six to seven pounds of plastic for, like, a one-pound charging block that I then have to figure out what the fuck to do with, because they're probably not even using a thermoplastic, they're using a thermoset for some fucking reason. Anyways, uh, 
that was all off script. I was looking away from my script, so I gotta find where I was. But da, 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 da. oh yes. Uh, however, all of that being said, uh, at least fifty percent of Americans don't think that their actions even matter. Rather, 90% of Americans believe business should be reducing their waste, and 53% of those people think businesses are the ones at fault for the massive levels of pollution. Which, again, going by the raw data, they're absolutely right. I mean, consider this, like, again, the marine coating industry creates more plastic waste than every adult American in the United States of goddamn America combined in a year. Like, uh, but also, 83% of Americans are very concerned about single-use plastics like food wrappers, and 82% would support the federal government doing something about it. Uh, 84% of Americans support the use of reusable packaging and foodware, and 80% think companies should be forced to reduce their use of single-use plastics. And speaking of corporations, 73% of Americans support a mandatory pause on the building of new plastic production plants, and 82% support protections for people to be implemented who live near those plants. Let's see, uh, 81% of Americans think that these companies should be paying for cleanup, and the same number support limiting the amount of plastic we ship to other countries, because that usually also just ends up in a landfill or on the street and not recycled, or, you know, tossed in the ocean. So with all that data, you'd expect for us to be a lot harsher on plastics, right? Well, no, not really. Because for some reason, and I have a sense, it's because of the attempted straw ban a few years ago, we're actually less in support of change in 2022 than we were in 2020. So firstly, 1% fewer people think the U.S. system of recycling needs improvement. Uh, 2% fewer think we need to emphasize reusing and recycling. 3% more think we need to reduce our reliance on plastic, which is ironic considering all the other things these people are losing favor for. 2% fewer believe that we need to choose new materials that are easier to recycle. 2% uh, more people think plastic wouldn't be a problem if we eliminated single-use plastic. A massive 11% drop of people believe that plastic pollution wouldn't be a problem if we recycled more, which I think shows the hopelessness that people feel about this. Uh, 9% more people believe that plastic does more harm than good, and the same proportion of people believe that oil and gas do more harm than good. Uh, by the way, a lot of, uh, plastics come from oil and gas. Uh, 3% fewer believe we shouldn't send plastic to other countries. Uh, 1% more think that this is some, uh, you know, good old-fashioned smoke and mirrors for the government to distract us, while another 1% think plastic should be in landfills. What the fuck? <laughs> and what do we learn from this? Well, people don't seem to give a shit anymore. Like, they see this as a problem, but have been having less and less support for its possible solutions, and seem to actively want to backtrack, but still want the outcomes, or believes in the outcomes. Which, I mean, holy shit, that's just dumb. Okay, so with all of that, what can be done? Well... Not a whole lot, honestly, because the only way we can solve the issue around plastic long-term is become less reliant on plastics, but we don't really have a good alternative. I mean, think, we need a material that is tough, durable, non-reactive, heat and electricity resistant, malleable, recyclable, lightweight, and easily modified, which, holy shit, is plastic the only choice for all of that. Otherwise, we'll have to separate out everything and figure out how every unique need for every single product and realign every single last one to those exact needs. I mean, sure, we have bioplastics, but they tend to be more fragile and more reactive and are still very expensive. So, industrially, it's still not very viable. And the only other thing we can do is force policy changes, but hey, this is America, money talks, and these companies have the money. And a lot of pollution doesn't even necessarily come from policy stuff like the government mismanaging plastic itself. Otherwise, we're literally just going against the plastic industry, which, holy fuck, that is unwinnable. So, that being said, how can you avoid something like PFAS? Well, if it's in clothing, firstly, don't believe the labels. Instead, either check the brand's websites for announcements removing PFAS from their products, but, you know, be careful because they might be trying to lie to you there. Uh, call customer support, or 
look on watchdog group websites that monitor PFAS in products. In water, ask your water provider about the uh, about these chemicals in your water supply. And if they haven't tested, ask for a test. If there's contamination, ask for water treatment. Now, I mean, here's the deal. Your local water provider probably isn't going to do these things if you're the only one asking. But if you're one of many, then it's more likely to get through to them and they'll actually address the issue. And if there's contamination and you want to get rid of it, don't boil your water because it'll just increase the concentration of the chemicals. Instead, use reverse osmosis filters. And finally, if it's in your food, don't use nonstick pans, greaser-resistant packages, and try to use BPI-certified packaging because it is required to not have PFAS. And, uh, yeah, that's basically all you can do. So, let's go to the soapbox. And, oh my fucking god, I'm still goddamn panicking. Because plastic is ubiquitous. And you can't do anything about it. So, I mean, what do I think we should do? I don't know. If, I don't fucking know, dude. I have no fucking idea how to address this. Because, again, we kind of need plastic. Because we can't figure out a way to make new materials without making something so much more horrifically toxic that will absolutely kill everyone. Like, all this just sucks. And, you know, while I think we need to find a solution and stop wasting fucking plastic all the goddamn time, this is another corporate piece of shit moment. Because they're still making massive money. And unlike most other industries, they haven't denied their products are pieces of shit and are just like, well, what else are you going to use? Give us a shrug and then continue to poison us while saying shit like, well, I mean, maybe have you tried recycling more and also reusing the plastic bottles you won't stop shitting out? Oh, yeah. That, look, that's all I have for the soapbox. Uh, and this is short because, you know, all my emotions around this are just untranslatable panic and internalized screaming and also rage. So, let's let's go to the end. And, goddamn, once again, we have a depressing ending. Anyways, if you have opinions, advice on how to make the show better, your favorite orifice to ingest microplastics, why you think plastic is perfectly safe, and really anything else you want to tell me, make sure to email me at waytappods at gmail.com. That is W-A-Y-T-A-T-P-O-D-S at gmail.com. Remember to check out my other podcast, Waytat Nerd, where I do basically the same thing, but with nerd topics like fantasy, sci-fi, role-playing games, etc., where I hope you'll like the topics just as much. And also remember to follow me on Twitter at Waytat underscore pods for more episode announcements. Uh, have a good night. Don't murder. Have fun. And remember, eat plastic. It's good for your teeth. This has been Why Are You Talking About This, and I've been your host, William. Good night. Thank you.